Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Hello, I'm joined today by Sean from Inventory Base and James from Safe2. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, David. Really well. Lovely to see you. Hi, David. Nice to have you both with us. Um, we're obviously we're coming together to celebrate or to at least talk about um, Gas Safety Week. Which is, which is an odd thing to have a week for, but let's face it, it's one of those things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis within the lettings industry. And gas safety has always been that basic standard that's kind of drummed into you the minute you start to do anything with, with lettings in the slightest. It all seems to centre around that because it was always the most important and most legislated area in terms of basic safety but there's always changes and there's always updates and there's some changes coming soon so perhaps um, you could sort of tell us a little bit about those changes that are coming soon on the 1st of October. Um, Well if I start I mean the reason Inverger Base is supporting Gas Safety Week is basically that everybody needs to be safe in a home whether it's rented whether it's uh, residential owned etc and um, the actual gas safety week at the initiative is actually in its 12th year and it runs between the 12th and the 18th of September Um, but I think this year is more important than ever purely because we've got some new legislation coming in as of 1st October regards smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms but also we've got an energy crisis going on um, and obviously a lot of people are worried about that, how they're going to heat their homes. And I think one of the things that we wanted to really impart to everybody that's going to be watching um, the recording, watching the webinar, is to understand there is some things that they can do to help increase energy efficiency, but predominantly keep safe. So that's why I thought it'd be great to have a, a chat with, between yourself, me and James today about it. So we can hopefully give people a bit of advice, a bit of guidance, a bit of support and understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody that thinks this is a, a, a sort of a niche discussion, something that only the geeks in the letting industry are interested in talking about, it's all over the news at the moment. It's on the national um, TV um, and mainstream media. It's in all the newspapers. People are sort of giving advice about altering the flow rate on your boiler in order to make it more efficient. I mean, it's crazy the fact that you can you can pretty much switch on any news channel at the moment and there's something in there to do with with trying to get the best out of your energy efficiency out of your boiler system but let's not mess around with this we're also dealing with something that if you don't treat it in the right way it's a safety concern because this is gas these are things that need to be dealt with correctly so make sure that you get the right advice from the right people and hopefully i've got two of them here with us today um (laughs) so one of the areas that I suppose landlords know that they have to do to get a gas safety certificate. So they know that they've got to keep up on that. If they've got a good agent, they'll also be told that they've got to keep on top of 
um, carbon monoxide alarms, et cetera, et cetera, all the other bits of ancillary pieces that go in, into this sort of area of, of focus. Um, but a lot of them don't necessarily undertake regular boiler maintenance on top of that, and they, they do the bare minimum that they could do. Um, why should landlords invest in it? So, so um, you mentioned two things there. The gas safeties, everybody, landlords knows uh, to get the gas safeties done once a year, um, for sure. But one thing that I feel they struggle to, um, and, and gas engineers as well, to, to, um, to realise is that the gas safety can actually be completed two months prior to the expiry date um, and actually keep the same expiry date. So, well, in September, if it, if it runs out in um, the 1st of November, um, this year, for example, you can have it completed now um, and keeping the, the, the 1st of November expiry date, 2023. It's something that was brought in a few years ago, but it's failed to trickle down a little bit. Um, like I said, to both landlords, letting agents and uh, gas engineers as well. Um, but it's, it was brought in like an MOT style thing so uh, that it doesn't lapse as landlords, uh, rightly so. Well, you know, waiting for the last day or the day before the, the expiry date. And then obviously, you know, tenants wouldn't be in or guess yeah. they wouldn't turn up and then it would lapse. They'd be in trouble. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely something I'm try I'd like to get across. Every guest safety week, try to, um, you know, there's 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 ample time for you to get your guest safeties done. Two months before, start the ball rolling. Let's get it in. If there's a failed appointment or two, it does, doesn't matter because you've got all of that time to um to uh, you know try and re redo it um and then you also mentioned about the, the carbon monoxide alarms as well so that regulation is changing again it's, it's, it's all in the news everybody knows about it but um yeah first of first of october everybody must have a uh, a carbon monoxide carbon monoxide alarm for a fixed combustion appliance so like a boiler um or a fire for example so so that tackles um that tackles the sort of certification side of things and the things that you must have in your file and let's face it what you've said at the moment yes it's it's the correct practice to to get them ordered in time but also it's one of the most stressful things where you're you you've got a move-in date and you're trying to sort of juggle everything with last minute um, inspections give me one contractor that always turns up on time for every appointment and gets everything done on the day and never has I any don't. emergency I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one there I can say I don't right. <laughs> you could come and service my boiler later then um, uh, well but... I probably wouldn't be able to do that but I could definitely do report that, so. oh. I know what you mean though but there's always there's always kind of like things yeah. always going on especially that now rush. yeah yeah student season mm. I mean everything it, you know the, we're getting to literally the the last parts of the student season you know the majority of it's been done but it's always these last few days last week or so that actually cause a problem and all of a sudden that's when they think oh i haven't got a cp12 i haven't got a gas safety certificate and then they go rushing to to james to save to go please james can you help me out here um and like i said but this is why you need that preventative maintenance kind of i hat on think about these things get them in beforehand or Give them to safe too. Give them to James so they'll plan that for you. Or they'll put that in for you into the planner. So you don't even have to think about it. They'll just call you, book it in, rock up, get it done, off you go. So that that would be the ideal case scenario. But we know life isn't not necessarily like that. Yeah, you can have the best contractors in the world, but at the same, you know, at the end of the day, things happen and and it doesn't get done. I like to think that we've solved uh, the problem of management managing the dates and, and getting them done, but. Uh, 
there still is a trader or two that you know uh, has a bad day and, and won't turn up so it's, it's it, it, it happens to the best of us we we all i mean there are days where valuations need to get cancelled because you know life happens and and, and there are de- there are delays for whatever reason and that's why it's always be- best practice to sort of plan out ahead and not leave it to that last week why put yourself under unnecessary pressure exactly um, but just to sort of roll roll this back again going back to sort of servicing and, and maintenance you see a a gas safety certificate to me is going to be an absolute must have because i need that for compliance when you say the word safety, it does servicing or maintenance. To me, it feels like a bit of a luxury service. You you know you, you are taking that one step further. You're not just checking that that the boiler meets a minimum safety requirement, but you're also making sure that it's it's running more efficiently or, or running as efficiently as it can. And which leads me to my next question: Surely we should all be doing servicing and maintenance on our boilers right now ahead of winter. To make sure that we um, we're going to be able to reduce our bills, ha- however we can. How how much effect does it actually have on on our consumption? So if only everybody thought like you, David, it'd be uh, a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, do you know what? It makes it makes a massive effect. It really it really does. So um, servicing a boiler is not only um, checking. It's, it's like we mentioned before, the proactively trying to um find any faults or issues things like that it makes it more efficient and obviously right now is it's more important than ever to make sure your boiler is running and operating the 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 best and the most efficient it can so even a basic service will at least clean it um clean the burner make sure it's it's running right making sure it's clean inside without things like that Um, and obviously with the with the rainy season you know a lot of rain can go down the flue um, and that will be caught up in the trap, which is fine. If it's a dirty trap, though, then it will just overflow and spill into the burner. So that make that even worse. So it's just that basic, even just a basic service, not only makes it run better, and it's, it's that preventative maintenance to make sure there's no uh, problems, you know, coming up. It's definitely, I think, going to be worth getting ahead of that. I suspect that this winter is going to be busy for a number of different reasons. Um, with everybody um, tinkering with their own central heating systems, things are also bound to need experts to step in from from time to time. Um, I am guilty of having listened to the Radio 4 special on um, how to get the best out of your boiler, where they were t- they were trying to explain over the radio. It's very difficult to do without a visual. Um, exactly how you can alter the the flow rate on a standard um, sort of condensing boiler in order to make it um, run more efficiently. I'm presuming if I were to call you guys out to do a a service on a boiler, then whilst people are there, whilst the technician is there, they're going to be able to to adjust that as well. Yeah, uh, when you're testing or servicing a boiler, it needs to be put into maximum ma- maximum rate and then minimum rate as well. So you can sort of uh, you know uh, not only compare the difference, but you have parameters that they need to need to be in. Um, but yeah, the, the most boilers, especially newer boilers, they all have like an economy setting. So there's ones that you can have like uh, preheats, so it'll heat a little bit of water inside. So when you um, turn the tap on, you get you know hot water almost instantly. And once that's you know run out, it will then heat the rest of it. Uh, this is a combi boiler, uh, but also you could set it into economy mode, which it doesn't 
um, sort of uh, heat up that little bit of water and, and uses it when you need. So there's, there's, there's things you can do. So I guess this is maybe a question for, for Sean with your um, experience in, in the letting sector. Um, for years, HMOs have always been one of those situations where you pay a round figure for your rent. It includes all manner of things, but it, it, it will also traditionally include um, energy bills as well, or your portion of it, because I guess for the landlords, it's been hard to apportion the spend to each room and mm. very rarely are they all separately metered and all that sort of detail. Um, but that's been the deal. You pay maybe slightly more than you, you might normally do, but you you do that with the comfort of knowing that at the end of the month, you don't owe anybody any money because you've paid your rent that will include ev all your other outgoings as well. Given that the energy crisis is going to drive up bills for landlords, are we likely to see that change? I think we are. I mean, there's a lot of talk that I see across multiple forums across the industry about fair usage. You know, what is fair usage? I mean, some people like their rooms cold, some people like their rooms hot, um, other people like their communal areas, you know, a tepid temperature. Everybody differs and um, all good HMOs have, you know, temperature controls, have the ability for the tenants to be able to control that so they can get the best and comfort out of it. But obviously with the rising of bills, it's going to cost the landlords more. So there's a lot of conversation about, you know, what is fair usage and whether those HMO contracts can be changed midterm or they fixed at certain points. So a lot of people are starting to have a look at that because quite rightly, a landlord's pocket is not bottomless. At yeah. one point or another, you know, these kind of fees, these costs are going to have to be passed on. Not because, you know, they, they, they're trying to shirk their responsibilities. It's just because at the end of the day, if the rent isn't covering the utility bills that it was meant to do, someone has to pay for that. So obviously there's got to be a fair usage kind of like terminology applied to it. So I think you're going to be finding a lot more HMOs looking at those contracts, looking to the tenants, looking to raise those rents. And of course, then tenants themselves are going to be looking to see, okay, well, how does that affect me? Can I afford that? Can I um, turn up the temperature? Can I have the temperature at a reasonable temperature that uh, means I'm not going to cold? And also the fact that the effect on cold has with the actual property i.e. if you're not heating it enough, you're going to get condensation and mould. Is that going to cause damage to, you know, your clothes yeah. and your wardrobes and stuff? Is that, it's, it's not just about turning the heat on and off or who pays for it. That's that so it? true. That's an accident waiting to happen this winter, isn't it, really? If people start to cut back on, on certain things and heating and we're not ventilating the rooms accordingly mm. because you want, you're trying to trap all the natural heat in there, you're going to have that condensation issue it happens almost in every property if you I mean it would happen in your own home it, it's nothing to do with the standard of the property it's how you run it and how you know how you how you make that air circulate it's exactly. <laughs> and that, yeah and, and but it's just it's just a, a true fact at the end of the day you know we we breathe out hot air and if we're not ventilating if we're not allowing that to go somewhere to dissipate then of course then it's going to get trapped in the rooms that where you're at um and then of course then it's that whole issue of the heating side of it if you feel that you can't afford to heat it then you're going to leave it off and then how do you keep the, the the property warm and all that entails and that kind of like dovetails in what's happening with the 1st of October with the carbon monoxide. If people then start to 
close up the windows, don't ventilate, and there is a problem with the boiler and it is producing carbon monoxide and they don't have a carbon monoxide alarm, then there's a real safety risk there. Um, and I don't think a lot of people necessarily correlate the two. You know, they don't necessarily think one will yeah. affect the other, but it clearly will, which is another reason why, you know, I'm sure James will, will say in a second, this is why it's vital to get the boilers maintained and regularly maintained and get the right alarms in place because if they don't open those windows and they're not ventilating it and there is a problem with the boiler, sometimes that will be too late to, to notice. Um, and then, you know, we could be looking at something obviously a lot more serious. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And again, from your sort of, um, sort of point of view, Sean, inspections, 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 do it more often, you know, there's with HMOs, it's very common to just let it run its course and not, not so much, you know, but um, yeah, now more than ever, it's, it's inspections and, you know, tenants, even even the best of tenants sometimes will leave the heating just on and have opened their windows rather than turning turn it off. And if you're there to inspect this, you know, you can, you can, you know, stop it happening. Yeah, it just makes it a much safer environment for everybody. And at least with the inspections as well. In a way, we kind of need to get away from inspections and more about property visits because inspections feels very kind of like draconian. Yeah. It's almost like I'm going to come, it's a bit like the Sergeant Major coming, you know, with a <laughs> white glove, you know, I'm going to come. Random spot check, yeah. Exactly is, yeah. Well, I've done that in the army, so I know what that's like, but it's not like that at all. But it gives you the opportunity to test the alarms. You the alarms need to be tested. The amount of times I speak to a tenant say, when did you last test the alarm? And they'll just look at me and go, um, didn't think I needed to. You know, you're six months in and you're not tested. They should be testing every two weeks at least. Um, I mean, I would prefer if they tested every week, but the likelihood is two week, every two weeks, maybe once a month, but at least testing that to make sure that they're safe. Um, and then, like I said, those inspections to see, you know, is everything okay? And sometimes, you know, as infantry providers as professionals we see things that other people don't see because obviously they're busy they're doing things you know they've got life to lead they don't want to worry whether the boiler's flashing or whether you know something doesn't look right and there's too much condensation or you know there's you know there's the smell of gas in the property as you walk in because they're so used to it that they've just stopped noticing so these inspections have the ability not just to make sure the property is okay but make sure that the tenants are safe as well. And surely that's got to be worth at least one visit every three months at a, at a minimum, I would say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it doesn't, and the consequences of, of not doing these things and not working them into your, your routine and your systems and the processes that you have in place, basic safety, but also as an agent, you, you dread the day when there's any major incident that then brings you under the microscope for everything else and and I think we need to sort of keep ahead of these things and make sure that we're educating uh, landlords and tenants and make sure tenants understand what their responsibilities are as well insofar as you mentioned testing you know earlier it's not often clear to people exactly who should be testing what and when um, so these are all things that we could do but for landlords that are looking to sort of get on top of their costs and, and sort of monitor the, the energy uses, usage, some of them may not now know that whether or not they need to increase those bills, but they're looking, you know, at, the, at that long-term future. In terms of keeping on top of it, very often landlords are obviously managing at a distance. What devices or, or software, what tech is there out there that can help us sort of keep on top of it? So, uh, well, we mentioned uh, boiler, serving, uh, boiler servicing, that's obviously one, one to go back to, but 
as as in terms of tech, I mean, they they the smart thermostats are, are brilliant. They've come you know leaps and bounds since since you know five five ten years ago. They're they're amazing now. You can see everything and every usage, and you can also have full control of it. So if you went back to your HMO example, the landlord can see exactly when and how much the heating has been on and how much it's being used, and have full control of that. Lock it, not lock it. Lock it certain times. So there's definitely that sort of stuff. Um, and then it goes back to the basics of, you know, LED lighting. You know, if you're going to replace a um, an appliance, an oven, for example, or a microwave, try and get one that's energy efficient. You know, um, I did hear the other day, like a, like a microwave that has a, has a time clock on it. It's, it's like £26 a year or something like that now. I, I haven't verified that at all, but someone did tell me that. It was it was madness. So try and get, you know, the efficient appliances uh, yeah, at, at, at least. I think you're talking about Boris Johnson's kettle, right? Well, we, you know, it's worth mentioning. Boris has given us electronic advice as well this week, and and people have been talking about um, more energy efficient um, devices. And obviously, yeah, you, you're right. You, we live in this sort of utopia at the moment. If you're looking to buy a new electronic device, every single one of them has a rating on it. You can. I mean, I, I was looking for a. Uh, this is going to sound like an extravagance in this day and age, but I was looking for a dish a replacement dishwasher the other day. Um, and on the website that I was using, it was able to tell me what amount of money on average a certain rating was going to save me per wash or whatever it is. And these are things that we're now going to have to to think about um, and, and to take into account. So I think it's uh, it, it's really important. Um, I think also, you know, just getting back to the whole um, appliances and sensors, though, is something that, you know, energy base are doing. We've got the ability to talk to sensors, to grab information from a, from a sensor that's positioned around the property. And that could be a heat temperature, could be humidity, could be carb, uh, uh, carbon dioxide. So you can understand whether someone's in the property, because obviously we breathe, you know, in um, oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide. So these sensors can actually pick those kind of things up. They can pick up sensors of around about your weather and pick up information about meter regions, et cetera. They can all be drawn in real time back to your dashboard, to your report, to be able to kind of like inform on the property without necessarily even having to physically go there. You can get a really good understanding. So the tech side of it is, is really coming alive at the moment. I mean, I know we talk a lot of prop tech and people go, oh, prop tech again, you know. Um, but, it, you know, there's so many solutions out there now that's available that then can plug into the systems, systems you're using, the inspection systems, the property reporting system, like inventory base, that can really help you inform. So like you said, you can have that light touch. You don't have to disturb your tenants, but you can still have a, an understanding of what's going on, what, you know, what needs to be maybe looked at. So I think that from that point of view, that will help with people's understanding of energy usage. Um, how they run the properties and obviously from a cost point of view make sure certainly when it comes to HMOs that that whole um, fair usage policy is exactly that it's it's fair. So for, for all those kind of landlords and tenants that stumble across our, our content because I know when it comes to the agents they'll probably know the answer to this one but just remind us again Sean how can landlords and, and, and tenants check that their gas engineer is is properly qualified and insured to undertake that work. 
Well, I mean, in a way, James is the best person about. But I know from my personal point of view, gas safe uh, register. That's where you check where, you, where where your engineer is coming from. They should all have their IDs. They should all have on their IDs exactly what they actually are allowed to do, either they're qualified to do. And you should be checking these things. I mean, I don't let anybody in my house unless I know who they are, you know. And I want to see an ID. I want to know who they are. But that way, then you're guaranteed that you know who's coming to the property. Mm. And also, from a landlord point of view, it's about the fact is if you allow someone to do any work on your property on your boiler on your gas uh, system and they're not qualified then that's where you get into very very deep water but james would be able to know more about that than me yeah no i, I would agree with that anyway yeah i mean it seems like tenants uh almost embarrassed uh to ask for a card um but i can i can tell you any gas engineer would be proud to show their card to, to anybody um, they've worked hard so to get it yeah they've worked hard to get it yeah absolutely it's definitely a, a badge of honor so if anybody was to ask to see it they, they, they whip it out straight away so you know and but the biggest um the biggest thing on it is that is to look at the back and to make sure they are qualified to do the you know they so you have your core uh your core uh, gas sorry and then you have your appliances you have boilers fires cookers space heaters uh warm air they're all separate as well as lpg and, and things like that so just make sure they are not only guest safe but they are also safe and qualified to do the work that is that is at your property before i shut the door on you both see this is going to be a really interesting segue here before we close the door let's talk doors for a second Fire safety, um, the doors. Uh, I know that if, if if we're fully refurbishing a property from the ground up, one of the things that building regs always uh, stipulate is that the doors should have a certain fire rating. Very often, though, in the houses that we manage, we're inheriting doors that have been there probably older than than, than me for sure. Um, and 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 I wouldn't know necessarily what the fire rating is or whether in fact it needs checking changing replacing is it important am i making a fuss about nothing no it's very important because you think about it you know if you're going to be gas safe you need to be fire safe that's the whole point so that's one of the reasons why the regulations are coming in for the first of october you know about having smoke alarms on each and every uh, floor or every story or uh, living area and the carbon monoxide alarms regards where the there's combustion a boiler a um a open fire or like a burner etc um, and obviously if anything goes wrong if fire starts then one of the things you need to do is be able to get out the property and the whole point of the fire doors is to help you know secure that area to keep the fire at bay to allow people to exit the property obviously we don't have enough time to go into the the whole thing of what each door is and what it does or what it shouldn't do on a, from a technical point of view but certainly we should be checking our fire door especially in hmos because there's specific licensing requirements in regards to fire safety about that but even in your normal rental properties if you think about it a fire is naturally or normally normally rather than naturally uh, likely to start in a kitchen likely start in a garage area or in a loft area so to make sure that your door is uh, secure you need to be able to make sure that it can close close to frame but also make sure the gaps are correct around the edges so that you know smoke doesn't get in fire doesn't get in gives the occupants time to get out so that's something from an inventory based point of view that um, we're doing we've already developed uh, templates we're already developing some help and guidance around that and I think it dovetails really nicely into what we're doing here with the whole 
gas safety week side of things because if you've got a boiler that is well serviced if you've got a property that's well maintained and you've got fire doors that do exactly what they should be doing then the occupants are going to be much um, safer and more happier and in a way then you can forget about it you can live you know do the things that you want to do and not have to worry about those things because the professionals are taking care of it which is the whole point of you know what's safe to what James all of these engineers do about keeping you know the boilers and, and everything maintained and safe uh, also from an electrical point of view not just the uh, boilers type yep it's uh, it's not something that any of us can afford to cut corners on um, or cut costs on it's a false economy for sure but it's also people's lives that we're dealing with and it's probably okay. the most important element of what we do from a safety point of view and um, I, I know that James and his team would ably guide you through it. Um, lovely people to speak to. Um, Sean, immensely helpful as well um, from a very sort of hands-on inspection point of view. Um, I think you've seen it all by now, but there's new stuff to incorporate and learn um, every day. And obviously these changes that are coming up in, in October are worth um, getting ahead of and, and getting on top of now. Um, and anybody that, that has needs any help on this whatsoever um, should definitely reach out. All your details are on uh, kerfuffle.com. Um, it's always great to catch up with you both. Thank you very much for Thank your time you. today. Thank Thanks, you. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.